together. I'm your host, Holly Dunn, and today I'm joined by two wonderful women. Nicole Caputo and Anne Toomey are both creative directors. They've recently started a new online initiative called She Designs Books, a celebration of female talent in the world of book design. We had a fascinating discussion about what the industry is like for women, the importance of good typography, and the future of their project. Whatever your gender, and whether you're brand new to publishing or have been in the industry for years, I'm certain that you will get something from this interview. Here are Nicole and Anne. So I guess to start with, I wanted to get a little bit of, of background on both of you, who you are and, and what you do, and I guess how long you've been doing it as well. Um, so maybe we could start with Anne. Okay. So um, presently, I'm the creative director at Grand Central Publishing, which is one of the larger imprints at Hachette. And I have a long career. I, I started at uh, a paperback division of Simon & Schuster in 1980. And I've basically worked at three major houses, um, working my way, way up from art director to executive art director to a creative director. And uh, I still design. I've been on the board of the uh, Type Directors Club, and I just love everything about design, illustration, photography, and visual thinking. Fantastic. So, Nicole? Yeah. So, um, I've been in the industry for about, let's see, I guess it's been about, well, it's probably been about 16 years altogether. I was, uh, I'm currently working as the creative director at, of Counterpoint Press and the art director of Catapult. Um, and I've been with them for only about six months now. And before that, I was um, at Basic Books. Uh, they're now part of the Hachette Book Group. And I was with them for 13 years. And I started out there as a junior designer um, many, many moons ago and uh, gradually worked my, my way up um, over the years. And I too love everything about design and I'm uh, incredibly excited about, you know, she designs books and adding this on and uh, contributing to our community, which we'll talk more with you about. Yeah. So um, Counterpoint and Catapult, are they independent publishers? They are. Yeah, they are. Um, it's really lovely how it unfolded and how I started there because they actually were an imprint that was part of Perseus Books, which was the the um, previous owner of Basic. And so at one point in my career, I actually was the art director of Counterpoint early on in my career. And I'd gone on a vacation and they sold the imprint <laughs> And while I was gone. So it's Aww. been so lovely to return to them at this stage in my career and to be, to help to, we're building, you know, we're building the imprint, we're rebranding, we're um, putting a new face on, on what was already a really fantastic list of books. It's just a really, it's really exciting. And it must be interesting to see the difference between the independent side of things and, and working for a big publisher as well. It is. Yeah, it is. I mean, when I had started at Basic, we were very much uh, doing the same thing we were building. Um, and I came in and we rebranded and again, like did sort of the same thing, like up to the quality of the covers and um, brought a lot of the work in house and, you know, had developed a consistent brand. And then, you know, over the years, we sort of got very stable and we're doing really well. And, and now as part of a chat, yes, it's definitely uh, it's a different animal than being in independent publishing, that's for sure. Both are interesting and um, exciting and um, just depends uh, what you prefer. But I'm excited to be building again. I, I find that definitely uh, really rewarding. And it's great that you've got both of those perspectives for a project like She Designs Books as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nicole was talking about kind of building and branding. And, and last night we were, were talking and we we both talked to hit on that, that we're, we're builders, we're designers, but we love getting in there and developing a list and how it looks and giving it a new profile. And, and so that's just something as creative directors that we maybe do slightly different than women who are um, starting their careers as, you know, cover designers. So do you both know each other through Hachette then? Um, no, we, we met before, um, before, uh, basic was purchased by Hachette. Um, so, but yes, but our relationship, I think, um, grew stronger as we were in the same office and could get together more. 
And did you want to speak a little bit about that? Oh, no, I was just going to say um, that, you know, Nicole reached out to me and I thought she was incredibly talented. So um, she wanted to talk to me about uh, a position that she was interested someplace that was, you know, a creative director's job. And it occurred to me really for one of the first times that women might want to seek me out, not because I have anything to offer them in terms of guidance in design or talent, because there's so many talented people out there, but some women do want to, you know, look for the more management, larger roles. And then, uh, so obviously I had a different perspective and, and Nicole was already in a management position, but I just, I just had a bigger role. And anyway, we just connected. We were, we're different ages, which is interesting also. And then we just kept connecting, <laughs> which was nice. It was rewarding for both of us. And I think that's wh where this idea kind of sprung from because we were talking, oh, we should have lunch with more women, blah, blah, blah. And it eventually led to this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was such a great experience. So I, I kind of called, cold called Anne, I think, I think that was what ended up mm -hmm. happening to so. talk about this position. And we got together and, um, and she was incredibly helpful. And I don't know if she realized that I was sort of like, this woman is going to be my mentor. <laughs> and then, um, and she helped me tremendously. And then we kept, we kept lunching and getting together. And, and it was really interesting to find that, at different stages in our careers, at different stages in our lives, we were coming together in a way and sharing the same types of challenges. Um, we were talking about how we work through different things in publishing um, as women and otherwise. And, um, and we started, yeah, and then I think that we were just inspired by that and really wanted to be able to provide that to other people, like more of an intimate connection than just sort of networking at a at before or after a design talk. Uh, yeah, and then I think that I'm so glad that that occurred because now we have this this um, this interesting platform to provide to people. So has this been in in the works for a while then? Yeah, I I think we we started talking about it. I mean, really, we started sort of talking about the lunches, I would say, probably a couple of years ago, right, Anne? And then it was just, I guess, over the summer that we, it sort of developed into She Designs Books. And, you know, we'd met quite a few times prior to just launching. Yeah, we really weren't able to launch a call, start a new job. And, you know, we had the ideas and mainly the mission which um, is to celebrate women in publishing and their work. And it kind of really launched, it didn't really launch till the new year. And it's been, it's been amazing, mostly with the social media and Instagram, um, which is more Nicole's work than mine. But we have ideas to do other things. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of ideas. <laughs> right now, we're just sort of... Um, you know, trying to build up the community through social media. We're getting a lot of interest, which we're so happy about. Um, but we do have some other plans and some gatherings that are going to be happening soon and other plans for down the road. Yeah, fantastic. And it it's grown so much even in, in the short time that you've been doing this by the look of it. It's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually really, you know, we weren't sure. We thought that there was a need for this, but we weren't really sure what it what it would look like as far as people would grab on and it's been it's been amazing I mean we have about 600 followers just from the past week and a half um, on Instagram um, so that's definitely beyond what we imagined would be happening so it's great so why did you think there was a need for this particularly and do you mm. want to speak to that yeah I mean it's uh based on conversations with other women who are designers or art directors or creative directors, there's challenges. And sometimes you say, you know, we're not, you know, we're not putting down men. In fact, I think men are following us and aware. I've spoken to some men, but I think we have some challenges in the book publishing industry right now. And they're varied things from working with you know, a difficult agent or author or editor or sales force or expectations or um, how do you assert yourself with your expertise? You know, creatives always have their challenges, you know, 
like one of the things I see, it's like you're hired to be a creative and then all these people are kind of telling you how to do your job as the profile of the cover becomes more and more um, important. You know, um, I, I'm going to share this little story. I was at a, um, a party celebrating some leaders uh, in, in my industry and they invited me and there was a lot of agents there and a bunch of agents. Said, oh, so you're the creative director. They said, oh, you know, everybody, uh, you must, your job must be so important right now. I said, oh, no. I said, you know, everybody tells me how to do it right now so I can sit back. So this is a joke. But, you know, there is a lot of uh, voices to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, you know, the selling, just selling climate is tough. You know, I mean, publishing mm. is not really a growth industry. So I know that I've seen over the years just a real change in um, how the covers are discussed and, and, you know, how many cooks are in that kitchen. And it's just become more and more important for every title, every book to work. Um, so it's just put pressure. But in the other way it's also it's also an amazing time to be a cover designer because the covers are so important i almost feel like they're more important than ever and um so i think we're seeing and they're a lot so of really, exciting right nicole since you've been yeah. posting and researching and these w women it's like the work is so amazing out there yeah, it, it, yeah. It, i think the landscape and that was a point i made with a a key executive here at my company we had a discussion i said you know if we left things up to Everyone knows that every marketer makes it their business to know what's working out there. And I said, but so does every art director, except that we do something else with that information. We have to push the boundaries a little bit to be distinctive. And, you know, he thought that was a very, he heard me, he thought that was very interesting. But then I said, but you have to take it a step further. Who developed that landscape out there? The art directors, the designers, not the sales force, you know? Mm -hmm. And they'll come back and tell you how to do something, you know, that was done before. Yeah. And another reason I think that, you know, what Anne and I were talking about, and I've definitely seen this um, in posts and people have mentioned it to me that, you know, the men, there are some really talented, brilliant men in our industry. And they are publishing books and, you know, are being written up in different publications. And why is that not happening for women? And the way that Anne and I kind of look at that is that perhaps women are not as comfortable celebrating themselves. And we, we're hoping that this platform, that the things that we have planned will, will help women uh, will inspire women to promote themselves more and get their work out there. And we want to help them do that. You know, we really want, we want to um, help women have a voice. And um, yeah, so. And the other part of that equation that we discussed, Nicole, is that we want to see women lift each other up. Yeah. You know, yeah. just, I think, kind of en masse. Just, we just elevate ourselves and have us be seen. Yeah, and support, exactly. and yeah. with that that's right. Create this network where you might get meet somebody or hear somebody and feel comfortable reaching out to discuss problems you might be having. That somebody else can say, "Oh, I had that problem. I tried this, and this worked." And because yeah. we're all just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's just wonderful. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I I kind of think of. The publishing industry and also design within publishing as being quite a, a female dominated field do you think of, of publishing in the same way yeah we we actually discussed that last night and um we were we were thinking that we're actually quite lucky that there are so many high level women in publishing in design there are so many female creative directors and art directors um so we feel we feel very lucky because it's not like that, obviously, in a lot of other industries. So, yeah, I do think I don't know what the percentage would be. It would probably be pretty interesting to 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 look at that. Maybe we'll do that for Seizure Designs books. And yeah, do you want to say anything about that? Well, I was going to say that with uh, talk and some things coming up about there's so few creative directors, I think, in the other industries that are female. Um, but uh, I think it's pretty equitable in publishing. 
you know, I, I don't want to sound negative. I mean, first of all, I think I'm really grateful that I had the opportunities that I had at a younger age and to go to that level. Because when I started, you know, I was inspired by really pretty much all male creative directors. So, you know, yeah. life changed over the decades. But I, on the same token where I think they made it very inviting for women, I worry that are we too still maybe too passive mm -hmm. you know that maybe maybe they like that or maybe it's just because the climate the economic climate of publishing has become a little more challenging and isn't it nice to have women who aren't you know I'm, my my memories of these male creative directors were stamping their feet and throw, throwing i mean i would never do you know so. <laughs> uh, or having offices i had a, a one creative I worked for, there was a long hallway before his office where all the awards were. And he said, this is important so that when editors come to my office, they can, you know, see all these awards. And, and now I work out of a cubicle, so I don't know where I'm going to put the awards. <laughs> I've, I've heard it said that in publishing, it tends to be the CEOs and the, the really high up people do still tend to be men, but most of the workforce in, in, in publishing is female. So I think we'll continue to see a change there for the better. So. And certainly with with projects like like yours thank you but again i think it's notable that there are a lot of female creative directors and you know maybe there's not too many it you know head of it around but i think it's one of those areas that editorial and um design have been areas where women have uh, succeeded in in book publishing yeah. mm, and i wonder yeah. why that is because we're creative yeah <laughs> But you could say that about about other other creative industries as well. I suppose about literature. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. And I do think book covers are still just more artful than a lot of other things. You know, I think it's one of the last places where you can get a piece of print real estate, and it can have texture and inks, and um, you know, it can be really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that's going to hopefully stay on people's bookshelves for a long time as opposed to right a magazine and, and you can have and a lot of designers can have ownership you know there's just like there's a lot of women who are designers and they're they're designing completely as we were saying last night as the auteur and there's not too many situations where you can do that anymore mm, yeah. Yeah, even though we're seeing more collaborations and art directors tend to collaborate more with different creatives Yes, it's interesting as well. I was reading a book about some of the history of book design and I was really interested to see that from sort of the late Victorian period there were there were women who were who were designing these covers and that's at a time where women weren't doing much in the way of of design or or even that much in the way of of being a part of the workforce. So obviously there were still a lot more men than women but that they were there and I think that's oh. probably just something that's kept growing and growing yeah thanks for yeah. sharing that mm, I'll, I'll have to find some find some links that it, it's in a book that I think is out of print now unfortunately but um yeah I'm and just thinking some of those really beautiful cloth bound Victorian books yeah and we hope to I mean, one of our one of our goals with the um, when she designs books, we, we really want to be inclusive, and that includes, you know, showing work uh, work today that's being done by women in our field, um, no matter what the level. Uh, but we also want to look into history. We want to look at designers like Helen Gentry and Janet Halverson and Betty Anderson, and you know, really look at these women who uh, were doing this, who who may have been forgotten. You know, who also haven't been celebrated like some of the male um, book designers were back then. So hopefully we'll be we'll be taking a look at that as well. And I think mm -hmm. that's one of the other wonderful things about book design is that starting from the Victorian period, they started putting their initials onto book covers so that there would actually be some sort of authorship as opposed to most other forms of design. And... I think it's Virginia Woolf who said that for most of history, Anonymous was a woman. So mm. that's probably, I imagine that's part of the reason 
that that started happening. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes back to that idea again, like, why are we not why don't we celebrate our work? You know, why aren't why are we not comfortable promoting ourselves? It it it, it does become rewarding when you start actually doing doing more of that, and and getting feedback on your work as well. But yeah, it's it's a real mental barrier to get over. Yeah, we sp- we spoke a little bit about that last night when we were um, just talking about speaking to you. It definitely, uh, you know, it's like this idea that, like, who am I to be showing my work, you know? And um, Anne and I were just talking about kind of our start. And when I started in books, I mean, it was a dream to get my foot into the door. And then once I was there, I wanted to work for every publishing house. I mean, when I first got my job at Basic and Anne and I were talking about, like, kind of how did we make an impact um, uh, at an early stage. And I remember I had, I had created these, oh my gosh, these silk screened little books, like little folders that were hand bound and that opened up and had like rivets and, and ties to open it up. And then there was a book inside with all of the, the kind of pretty bad work that I'd done at the time, uh, looking back on it, there were a few, a few little gems in there, but, and I hand delivered them to every art director that I knew of in the city because I wanted so badly for them to open them. And just to know that I was out there because I had, I just wanted so badly to touch as many covers as I could. And Anne had, you know, her own version of that, right, Anne? Well, for me, I was saying this, it's kind of relevant today. I had this amazing business card that a printer who probably wanted to work, get some work at Simon used to often do for me. And so it was this big, like, I want to say Helvetica black A. And it was trapezoidal. It, the shape of the card was trapezoidal, like the A. And it was hot pink. And it was printed on chrome coat, which was so shiny and like 70s, 80s. I think it's making a comeback. And (laughs) I think I still have that card in a drawer someplace. And if I was going to start my own business again, I would just print that card. But ironically, I was taking a design class at SVA with one of these Herald uh, designers. And I showed him my card and he looked because nobody would ever hire you with a pink card. (laughs) And I I looked, but I loved, I felt it expressed me then which was circa like 1982 and now because it was this heavy black you know font in pink you know that works I mean I wasn't having you know cartouches or anything like that and I I still feel that expresses a little bit about I don't I I think this is one of the next questions I I don't think I'm lightweight when I design I can be very very bold um I can be elegant but I don't shy from bold you know so yeah oh, I'd love to see that up on your Instagram picture of that <laughs> that's <true>. yeah <laughs> yes I, ha- I have to yeah if, or if not I'll get somebody make it up again yes, yeah I, I mean I I think I've got quite a clear picture of it in my head but it would be lovely to see mm-hmm. it too do you think that there are particular assumptions about female designers versus male designers? I mean, I, I feel like there are certain stereotypes that I have in my head, but then I also know that those are completely not true either. But what what assumptions do you think there are? Nicole? Um, yeah, so we talked about this a little bit last night, and I guess there are probably certain designers that get pigeonholed based upon a specific a specific style or an illustration style. I personally haven't really had a lot of experience with that as a creative director. Um, uh, and I think that, you know, as a freelancer, I mean, what I've, what I've tried to do throughout my career is just push myself to work on a lot of different types of projects so that my portfolio and the work that I'm showing is well-rounded and maybe that's why I haven't really had um that kind of issue where you're sort of pigeonholed into like working on only women's fiction or yeah so and what do you have to say about well that? you know it I t- I'm totally in agreement we were saying I think because we're creative directors you know we're we're we 
can need to be bold if it's a thriller or something like that. Um, left to my own devices, I, I rather like women's fiction, but I've never, you know, I, I worked early in my career on paperbacks. And so I worked on romances, of course, but then, and when I would do this, you commissioned beautiful hand lettering, kind of like that actually, and bold thrillers. So I would say I felt more comfortable with pastels and lighter things, but that's just not, not what happened. And the more comfortable I got with boldness, um, and making boldness elegant is a challenge too. You know, I think for a while there, everybody had their precious type and that's great. Um, but if over the past decade, I think things have gotten bolder and if you get bolder, it just has to be even more elegant. So it's not horsey, you know? So these are, and then again, I think there are some designers whose portfolios really are, have a certain sensibility and then you would hire them for that sensibility. And that's fine. Cause that's, just how they work. But again, I think as creative directors, we're more versatile. And then I know that I know for a fact, there's a bunch of women out there who want to make it very clear that they are designers and they're not, they don't want to be pigeonholed and just uh, doing feminine things. And I think they're, they're winning that. So if, if you were, starting over or if you were giving advice to somebody who was just starting out in this industry a, a young woman what what sort of what sort of advice would you give to them for starting in this industry today um i guess well, it depends what they what they're going into if they're doing freelance or going into an in-house job yeah but i think you know across the board it's really um you know get your work out there and uh, if there's a, a voice telling you that you're not good enough, ignore it <laughs> and, and get your work get your work out there, um, even if you feel like it's not where you'd love it to be, because really we're always going to have room to grow. And mm -hmm. you know, Anne and I spoke last night about just you know uh, working on typography skills, um, and I think also being um, well-rounded and having different types of work in your portfolio. If you're looking to get a position in a publishing house to make sure that your portfolio has a variety of work, and that doesn't have to be published work. You know, it could be that you, some of the most impressive interviews I've done, uh, candidates I've had come in have um, just created, you know, they, they love a certain book, they've read it, they design a cover for it and they put it in their portfolio. It doesn't have to be published. There was a young woman um, who started doing, and this is sort of, she's a, she's in the book industry, but we, we featured her on the page. She uh, wants to do op-ed and illustrations. So she just started doing her own illustrations for New York times articles and she just got published last week, you know? Oh, wonderful. So, yeah. you know, that kind of ambition and confidence in yourself, because really what do you have to lose? you know, what do you have to lose by putting yourself out there? And I know that that definitely helped me when I was new. I mean, maybe they're not going to be doing a silkscreen, you know, really involved sort of hand-done folder today. Um, maybe they're going to be using social media. But I'll tell you, when I did that, you know, it helped my career. I got offered a job at Random House, which I ended up, you know, not taking. But um, just from just from bringing that book around, just from trying to find out who was at each house, what, who the art directors were. So getting your work noticed. And then, of course, refining your skills, you know, with typography and being well-rounded. But Anne, what do you have to add about that? Well, I, I would say all those things and just keep in mind that you can keep elevating yourself, you know. I mean, yeah. I've seen people come out of the best design schools and they have the best portfolios and they get the best beginner jobs. And then I know people who had to come in the back door and be an assistant and go to school at night to take, because they were, you know, maybe they majored in uh, sculpture or general art or architecture and changed their mind. Um, I've seen people do very, very well who just started taking classes. And I think nowadays you can even, you know, learn things online. But I would reiterate that the, I would say the glue, the, the primary skill is type. Because uh, I think if you do that poorly, uh, and, and there's time to learn. You know, there was a time when I was 
around some people that type skills weren't so good and I didn't know how to elevate it. I didn't know how to teach it. And I even could use elevating my own skills. And I just thought of almost interviewing people. And a lot of people were telling me, oh, I went to school, we did concepts and I worked for so-and-so for five years and I had to learn this. And then I found out there was always these lineages. This person, you know, worked for Louise Feely and Louise worked for Lou Ballin and every, all the lineage of people who came from Lou Dolphsman and, 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 and um, Paula Scher. You know, th- there was just all these people. And if you didn't work for them. But one thing that's really shifted, I think, is that the schools are teaching great type classes and people are coming out with that strong skill. But like I just said, don't give up because if you're doing work that you feel is a little inferior, you, you can get the skills to get it to be better. I love that. And then Holly, I'll add one more thing that I've been, um, it's funny because when Anne and I really sat down and said, okay, we're going to do this thing. I suddenly started receiving before anyone else knew about it. I suddenly started receiving emails and phone calls and Facebook messages and Instagram messages of young people who are either in the industry already but looking to kind of network or people who are trying to get into the industry asking for help. And I was so happy to receive those calls. And, you know, I think when I was a younger designer, I don't think I would have, I, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't calling people. I mean, I sent that book around but I wasn't calling people. And I know today as a creative director, I love receiving those calls. So I would say, call people, you know, and don't assume that you're bothering them. If, you know, if they don't have the time, they'll let you know, but call them and ask them to go to lunch and ask them to go to coffee. Um, I know I really enjoy it. And it also connects me to talent that's out there and keeps me connected. And I just had, I mean, he, uh, we're, we're talking about she designs books, but I will say that I just recently had somebody reach out to me who was a male and um, very talented and not in this industry. And we had lunch and he's now working. He now has a job in publishing. So because I was able to just link him to someone who happened to be looking for anyone young, that's definitely something that feel free to call us. I, I know plenty of women and men who would welcome those phone calls. You know, Nicole, I just remembered something I probably never shared with you. I think it's really worth sharing. When I, you know, in the mid-early 80s, I befriended somebody who knew Louise Feely. And I was working in paperbacks, pocketbooks. And he goes, oh, you must meet Louise. So Louise invited, she was still up at Random House at Knopf. He invited me to come up to her office and meet her and look at her portfolio and you know her wall was covered with all this ephemera you know from Italy look wall wall to ceiling Mm -hmm. and you know for decades I would run into Louise just like about a month or two ago and I run into Louise and she always speaks to me she's one of the most gracious women and you know somebody set me up to talk to her when I was just starting out and I mean, I guess it kind of leads to another reason why we want to, why we want to do this, because these, yeah. these gatherings, what Anne and I are trying to do so far, and we, we've, we haven't had any gatherings yet, but we have one coming up and we're already planning uh, an early March one. We're trying very hard to make sure that if it's an invite only event, which some of them will be, because there just might be in spaces that won't hold that many people. And then some will probably do first come, first serve. But we're trying to be diverse for the invite only to to bring women together at different levels from different houses. Some are freelancers, some are on staff so that the young women have an opportunity to network more and so that the creative directors have an opportunity to see more talent that's out there Mm -hmm. that they might not be seeing because people aren't promoting themselves, et cetera. So we really hope that we really hope that our, our gatherings and some other things we have planned will kind of bridge that gap a bit. It's a beautiful equation. That's just so encouraging to hear as, as well that that creative directors do like having people actually asking them and, uh, for advice and, and all of that. Because I know having been in that position very recently, it, it's, it's a terrifying thing to, to sort of you know, cold email or... Or, or try try and get to talk to, to one of these people who just seem so so much further above you. Yeah. Well, this I mean, she designs books is exactly 
is is you know was sort of birthed from that idea because I cold called Anne. You know, yeah. so I mean, we were we were sort of at had similar positions. Anne's list is much much bigger, and obviously she has a lot more time in in um, in the industry. But really, something really beautiful has come from that, just from simply walking through fear and picking up the phone and just saying, "Hey, would you have lunch with me? I have some questions." So um, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Um. So I've got a few more questions that have come out of that wonderful discussion that just happened um <laughs> so going back to something that you said earlier about um you know what what do you have to lose which is is a good point you know but i think it, it can feel like when you're putting stuff out on the internet especially and thinking what do you have to lose it's probably well for me it's it's the fear of people looking at my stuff and and thinking that's that's a bit rubbish but more than that, it's people then commenting on it and sort of confirming your fears about it. Um, mm. And I've never actually had that happen with my work online. And I've, I've been putting my stuff out there an awful lot more recently. Um, and the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. But there is still always that fear whenever a new Instagram post goes up or put something on Behance or, or anything like that, that you are going to get that negative feedback. You know, it's so sweet. Many years ago, something, somebody who curated one of these online things, and we're talking a lot of years ago, maybe 12 years ago, 13 years ago, put something that I had done online and, and, and questioned that, gee, well, maybe this is more interesting. And I was excited. And then sure enough, someone said, you know, oh, my God, why that color? And, you know, oh, the kerning. And I was like particularly rattled by the kerning thing. You know? yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I told my daughter and she's like, Mom, oh, don't you know? They're just haters out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, haters who can speak graphic design, <laughs> which is even more worrying. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, I mean, I, I definitely, I remember I had a situation on Twitter, I think, where somebody made a comment about, because I was working on nonfiction, we were using a lot of photography and, you know, there was a certain look but for, that my publisher really liked for some of our books. And it didn't really involve like manipulating the image or anything like that. And I remember this person saying, oh yeah, real creative. All you did was like use someone else's photography. And I was like, for a moment, it kind of rattled me. And then I just thought to myself, well, yes, <laughs> that's what the book called for, you know? And I think, I mean, but it did, I think it really depends on like your mindset. I mean, if you know you're doing your best work, you can like, for instance, when that happened, I kind of thought to myself, oh, it was that not creative enough? Like I kind of, I use those things to sort of test myself. Like, do I need to work more on these types of covers or does this fit? And it turned out that book actually, that cover won an award, a design yeah. award. So, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I think you, we can use these things to strengthen ourselves and, and create better work. In my opinion, just keep putting it out there. I know that some of the work I look back on that's out there in the universe, I'm not particularly proud of, but I am proud of the work I'm working on, I'm doing today. It's not about, for me, and Anne and I talked a little bit about this last night, and we have such synchronicity. It's amazing. But, you know, we're not really concerned about being the best. What we really want to be doing is growing, you know, and just making sure that we're always growing and not getting stagnant, which is another reason why we're doing She Designs Books, because it's been incredibly stimulating to be connected mm. to other women, to actually have to be looking around and really, really be observing what is going on out there and what we think people would want to um, celebrate and also just like what we enjoy and what we like looking at and then looking at the history. So I guess it just depends on perspective as far as putting yourself out there. You know, it's all ego, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if we can surrender, if we can surrender, if I can surrender, I'll speak in the first person, if I could surrender my ego, you know, Anne and I talked about this last night, you know, we also want to bring like spirituality into some of our talks and into some of our gatherings and maybe make them a little bit more intimate. And we'll see if people grab onto that. If I was given a gift, and I do feel like I'm very grateful to have landed in this place, to be able to design books was always a dream. And if I've been given the gift of talent, then I 
sort of have to be putting it out there. It's just, don't I have to? <laughs> it's that, your gift. I'm, you know, it's your gift. It's what you're bringing to the party. Yeah. You know, yeah. and just like the person that has a great sense of humor, you know, it's just what you're going to yeah. celebrate in life. And so you have to, to put it there. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, was even been thinking a lot about, we were talking, we talk about our experiences and people say when they get in the flow or when they feel most creative. And, yeah. you know, I, I think most creatives, I know I'm speaking really broadly here, but I just have this suspicion are very connected. And yeah. as one friend of mine actually was a painter, you know, said to me, I've known for a long time. And she's like, listen, Ann, I know I'm very connected. I know I download it. You download it, too. And I love that expression. Just yeah. like sometimes and maybe it's, you know, you're a little blocked or you're distracted or and then sometimes you're getting more and more focused just on what you're doing and then all of a sudden the channel opens up and you, you start dying. and I think people have those experiences um, yeah. Yeah. and I think a lot of women I, I, I'm interested in meeting some of these women whose work I admire because I maybe it's a fantasy but I, I expect them to be a little um, particular and attuned to a lot of things in their lives you know just yeah. about how things are yeah, we were talking about kind of those happy accidents because we were um, I was posting some work by Karen Horton and she she talked about some of the happy accidents, you know, that happened during her process. And I know I've had so many of those as well. And and I started to stop thinking of them as happy accidents and intuition, you know, and sometimes decisions are being made and I might not even be aware of them if I'm really deeply like like Anne talked about, like really connected to the process and kind of clear in my mind, this sort of magic can happen during the, the cover design process. So I hope that we can engage with women about that a bit. I, I would really love to hear people's examples and stories because I know that they, if I've experienced them and I've, I've heard a few other women talk about it, I know that there's more <laughs> and I just find it really beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's such an interesting thought as well because this is something that Elizabeth Gilbert talks about quite a lot and she's written this book about mm, yes I read big, it big magic and yeah. Yeah. I, I actually I disagree with a lot of a lot of what she says um, because I, I I think when it, it's tempting to, to think of creativity and when you have a great idea and think oh that just sort of that magically happened that wasn't me that, that was a happy accident but actually like you were saying it actually attributing that to yourself and saying well no that that did come from my brain it didn't just come from somewhere yeah. else is yeah. actually and really empowering yeah sometimes i i'll design something and i'll be like gosh where did i where did that come from well i, must I have, have no idea that where that from came somewhere from. else that's yeah, what i always but think then, like like i remember this one project i can't remember which title but i remember thinking about it and like years down the line i went oh my gosh that came from that piece of artwork that i saw in that museum that time mm -hmm. you know that that little that little detail that i added must have come from that and i think similar things it doesn't have to be that you've seen it in a museum it could just be things from your life so i do think i agree with you holly i mean there's intuition and like a real beautiful thing that happens um, during the process and i think you know i think that will be talking to women about this also because like we talked about earlier the selling climate has changed so you know one of the things we were talking about as a challenge for women is how do you honor that creativity and that process which is one of the things that made me is probably the thing besides the fact that I love books and reading that made me fall in love with designing books how do I honor that process in this type of climate in a corporate environment you know when sales is weighing in heavy or when the publisher's weighing in heavy or somebody's you know whatever micromanaging or whatever it looks like for you you know how do you honor that um, and still create work that you're proud of but that will also sell the book and so. under a deadline yeah yes exactly yeah I mean I do I find that sometimes deadlines really help you to to kind of drive that that creativity and think okay well this just has to be done but it's also absolutely terrifying mm -hmm. you think oh this this has got to come out of my brain somewhere and it's got to come out of my brain by this particular date which is coming ever closer yeah 
but I do agree that it could ser- it can serve you. I absolutely do agree with that. And it always works out. You know, it always ends up working out in the end. You know, well, sometimes there's some revisions needed, but <laughs> yeah. And um, well, as as my ex manager used to say, at the end of the day, it's it's just books. It's not like you're doing brain surgery or anything like that. But sometimes yeah. it does feel like it is, and especially it's. I, I know we're also passionate about books and, and keeping the particularly printed books alive that it, yeah. it does feel like a lot of pressure sometimes I agree but I don't know you know it's it, I think yeah I think it's it's an interesting thing because it's you know we're we're creating something that has to be sold but there is such an art form involved so it's like this this two-part and the tension between those two things yeah, it's it's a lot about for me. It's a lot about getting myself out of the way and like the you know those thoughts that I'm not gonna. This is the time that I'm not gonna be able to pull it off, and just getting busy. You know, I had a teacher at the School of Visual Arts, and he used to just say, you know, you just have to start, just start, just start creating. It's a simple thing, but just get yourself out of the way and just and and trust that you're gonna be able to succeed. And usually ends up working out okay. You know, I I would think. Nowadays, I just love to see uh, publishing and designing and even editorial work to be just more fun and ga- engaging because it's almost not worth doing if you're not. And I think I find myself working with a lot of people in other areas of the business, you know, sales and marketing, and they're just, they're so serious, man. Oh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're trying to break it down to a science and an Excel spreadsheet or something and data and everything. And it's like, really? <laughs> anyway yeah it's true when you're looking at somebody's portfolio who's maybe quite early on in their career what is it you're you're looking for are you looking say if if they can have the great ideas or they can have the really technical skills but not such great ideas which do you think is more important is it is it the the thinking behind the design or the design itself Anne, do you want to speak to that first? I'm happy They're to They're both chime in. really important, but I'll tell you right now, the person I would hire is probably the one with the, the good type skills. Mm. Because, yeah. you know, a, a, a concept is really not any good if it's not executed well. Yeah. You know, I yeah. Mean, and I think that person could just simply go back and work a little more on their execution could go very far in the industry just like the person who maybe has great type skills and you know they're young I mean like as someone said once when you're young what do you really know about the world how many dots are you going to connect sometimes you just have richer ideas when you're older because you've just experienced life more you know yeah. but the genius should come through yeah yeah I agree with Anne on that I mean both are really both are really important. It it also depends on the position. Um, You know, if it's a junior level position, it depends, you know, are they going to be working on covers or is it going to be mostly mechanical work? Although you want people to stay on and grow with you. So I definitely do like to see, I love when people come for an interview and they give a little synopsis on their covers. They don't just sort of like hand you the portfolio but they explain some of their decisions behind their work, even if it's, you know, work from school. I do like to see how people think, but I agree with Anne. Um, type skills are important. Although I've also, I've also put in the time to, to train people how to, you know, the basics, because we, we really don't learn. There's a lot that we just don't learn in design school. I really did not learn a lot about type, a lot of what I learned about type really happened on the job, and I, I may be in the minority there. No, no, was... I think you think in, until recently when they started teaching, you know, I felt bad. I actually didn't study graphic design. I studied painting, mm. and I just went back to school and uh, learned, you know, at SBA uh, to do mechanicals and then, you know, le- indicated lettering with Ed Bengat and then worked. My first job was with a type designer, but I didn't mm. last that long with him. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so and then working at a publishing house where my my um, creative director did teach about type. And even then, it was more for me to learn. I mean, I didn't know it like the level of Louise Feely, who worked for LeBound, who just would draw this stuff. Um, and I've never uh, like designed fonts but I can actually freehand sketch pretty well 
and also have never I've gotten not gotten into that hand lettering thing because I don't know everybody was doing it but um, it is something you have to learn and I've hired people who had fine art backgrounds or literature backgrounds but lately I found really good type classes and usually you have to take a few of them um, and a lot of my team developed by taking classes with like Gail Anderson or mm. Cooper Union has a great uh, program going on right now you know, a lot of people at SVA teaching type good type classes. So, just I I said, okay, you know what? Go to class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it and helps. it certainly it certainly does give you a leg up because a lot of like we were just saying. I mean, a lot of people coming out of school don't necessarily have the experience with type, although maybe that's changing now. It but is if you if you do take those classes and then you show up for your interview and and your type is gorgeous, you're really going to stand out amongst you know junior candidates coming out of school, or that's been my you know experience so far. The type is usually not always so great. <laughs> so that's really interesting because I didn't I didn't study graphic design and typography is always the thing that I've been most insecure about. Um, mm. And that's a good quality. I think being insecure about typography is a good quality because that it'll keep engaging you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And and the more you learn about it, the more you realize you have to learn about it. It's that kind of exactly. It's it's yeah, exactly. And to think like one of the people I had my my staff a, a while back that I thought was really weak, just didn't even. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Like, Mm. Where do you begin to tell somebody that you don't, you know? Yeah. So, um, and I've surrounded myself with people around the type directors club who are type designers. And I'll do something and say, oh, wow, I didn't know that all these years. I didn't, it's, it's, it can be embarrassing sometimes, but, but still, you know, it's a whole deep art form. Really but is. what I like about it is the one that today on the computer, you have the most um you know you can take charge of it as a art director or a young designer and then you can hire celebrity photographers if you're working someplace that has the budget or you can hire illustrators but you know as a, a uh, art director to have your type skills you know it, and then that's what can get you to be a designer yourself so obviously lettering is is a, a huge thing at the moment do you think that mm -hmm. that, that is and I guess an important skill or a, um, do you think that's something that young designers should focus on as well? Or do you think they should focus more on more um, digital type? I think the act of lettering, learning about thicks and thins and, you know, all that. You, you, if you draw it, you understand the letter form better than just looking at it and drawing it by hand. So, yeah, you know, it's not like they have to sell themselves like that, but you're never going to understand the nuances of type unless I think you really draw it. Mm. And, you, and you see like, oh, a lowercase g looks like that, <laughs> you know, or, yeah. you know, I mean, it, yeah. it just, it calls for greater observation yeah I agree with that and and I think you know I, I still do feel like just as long as they're not coming to the table with an entire portfolio of hand lettering you know yeah make sure that there's a range because an entire portfolio of illustration or or hand lettering although it's enjoyable and some people are really talented at it it's not going to show me that you have a range and that I can throw other types of projects at you that's really a portfolio of somebody who's you know going to work in a certain style and be an illustrator so yeah so I think great to focus on it learn about it and it'll teach you something about fonts and typography but make sure that you have a range and, and you're talking about in-house jobs here aren't you I am. Yeah. And, you know, if they if if somebody wants to only work on that type of uh, book that's going to call for that kind of treatment and and you're going to start your own business or be a freelancer, then I think it's great. But for in-house jobs, I mean, staffs are small, you know, and people are cutting back and insurance is expensive. And, uh, you know, so I know for me, like, I definitely want to have somebody on staff who's going to be able to handle a lot of different, you know, different types of projects. It's definitely a plus if somebody has those skills. Animation and making GIFs and things like that is another really, you know, something that's becoming really popular. 
Um, so that's another thing that could kind of help someone, I think, get their foot in the door because I know, well, I mean, I'm working in independent publishing, so we, we tend to, you know, allow people to work on different types of things if, if the main core of the job is done. But that's definitely a plus if I see that somebody can handle different types of, of work and uh, has, a, uh, has a broad range. Mm. So do you hire freelancers very often? Um, I do. I mean, we're, we keep a lot in-house, but we do, we do freelance out of a few books a season. And is that if I've you're looking hi- for a particular style of illustration? Say that oh, again? Yes. If, yes, we hire illustrators. Yeah. Um, and photographers as well, I guess. We hire photographers. Yep. And we hire designers. For, you know, sometimes uh, you start working on something and you just know that often I'll work on something or someone on my staff will, the art or other art directors, and they'll go, oh, sometimes in the process starting it, you realize this person would be great for it. Especially when I was first working on 12 books, I had like a stable of about four designers that did a, a lot of um, design for that imprint. So I, I guess my, my final question then is, what what's next for, for She Designs Books? You've got this great Twitter, this great Instagram. So is it going to be staying on those two platforms? Are you expanding to different places? What What's the plan? What, are we allowed to know? Yeah, well, well, we'll tell you some of it. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we have a website that's in the works. And, you know, we're going to be doing the gatherings. And then we have some other ideas. Everything gets checked by our mission. Anne and I keep, like, we'll come up with an idea and we'll say, okay, does that celebrate? Does that promote? Does that support women? Is that something that's needed? We don't want to um, dilute our mission at all. So there will be some things coming that all fit, I think, as we mentioned, like there might be some things that link to spirituality and mentoring and possibly some coaching, things like that. And and we have some other things as well, but we don't, we want to surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How exciting. Yeah. yeah. And plus we're also looking at how this first thing works out and, oh, that's working out. Well, then maybe we can expand into this, you know, and we'll see. So, yeah. um, it's been really organic. I mean, Anne and I, when we were talking last night, we, I think the good thing we have going for us is that we're, we're just kind of willing to just sort of go with it and take risks. We're not really overthinking things. We're just kind of going, just learning. And we also want to know what other people want to see. Exactly. I was going to say, we haven't really even got to this stage yet where we're really inclusive. I mean, we always yeah. want to be inclusive, but in this like first month or so, we wanted to you know, make sure we curated and we, the message and get it out there properly. But I mean, I think when we met in, let in the other ladies more, it's, it's, I think it's really going to be something yeah. like beyond what we're thinking maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I, I we do, I mean, I, one thing I really want to see is like, I want to see more engagement, you know, with women. I want women to feel like they can, have a discussion in the feed, you know, on Twitter. And we did see some of that actually during one of our first posts, there was a really long conversation that ended up coming from that. And we want to engage with women. We want women engaging with each other. So I think we already want that to happen on the social media feeds, but we also are hoping that the things that we have planned will provide a lot of opportunity for that. And I also hope that kind of like, a few years ago when Nicole reached out to me that maybe some woman meets another woman either online or at one of our gatherings and has something and says, gee, I think you might be the person I'd like to reach out to to talk about this. Yeah. 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 And another thing we actually just tried this out. I think we could share about this is we tried out just posting a job on the Instagram Mm -hmm. the other day, which I'd never really seen before. I mean, maybe that happens, but, um, and it ended up being really successful. So we might offer that to people if they have a job post that they need to put out there. Um, we might offer something like that to people as well, using our feeds and our communities to help people um, connect in that way. Oh, how, how wonderful. And, and considering that because book design is, is quite a, a small group of people, when, you, when you're looking at the world of designers in general, and we do tend to be there, there are pockets of designers in different places but i mean I'm, oh and that's 
way out. Another big thing, we want to be more inclusive internationally. Yes, yes. And we're featuring, we've been featuring some international designers as well on the feed. We had a, a, a woman, a female art director from Indonesia last week and so we definitely, you'll definitely be seeing a lot of. I know a couple well. of women in Germany and, and England. Yeah, yeah. And you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah, because for me, freelancing from New Zealand, I do feel quite cut off in some ways from from the community of book designers. So you know, things like mm. doing these podcasts are fantastic for that. And mm. yeah. yeah, hopefully, what she d- designs books becomes as well. Yes. That, yes. that is our hope. Wonderful. All right. Well, I think um, unless there's anything else you want to add, that's probably a good place to end the interview. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you great. so much for the opportunity. Spine is a production of Spine Magazine. For show notes, articles, audio and video about the enormous talent that goes into creating books, visit spinemagazine.co.